how would you like to have your coaching or consulting offer promoted to our list of 230,000 plus subscribers? Well, this month, we're having a contest we're calling the Shout Out of a Lifetime. There will be one grand prize winner plus 60 other winners with our total prize giveaways valued at over $50,000. Here's the best part. Even if you don't win one of the prizes, you'll be eligible to receive warm intros to other influencers in your niche who are interested in partnering with you to promote your coaching program. And the better part? You can increase your chances of winning by simply sharing the contest to other coaches and consultants you know. Just go to growthtools.com forward slash free to enter. So recently I've been curious about the definition of leadership, which seems like a really bizarre thing to be thinking about, but... Uh, primarily it's driven from trying to take a first principles of first principles approach to leadership and meaning what is it, what's the best way to do it? Uh, and what are the, yeah, that, so I want to be a really good leader, but what does it even mean to lead? What is, and what is not leadership? Uh, and you start as you're trying to start see, as I started to research, AKA Google search around, different people's definitions and what it was and what it wasn't and things they called management versus leadership, all that stuff. It just kind of, honestly, it was a bit confusing. So, uh, there was not a lot of Venn diagram overlap. Um, so, uh, the next thought that came to mind was, I wonder what the Bible says about leadership. Is there any overt direct teaching about leadership in one of the oldest, wisest books ever put in print? <laughs> Best-selling book of all time. What does it say about leadership? Um, so I found it really interesting thing that I'd never heard of before, heard anybody talk about, preach about, share before. And it's, I think it is Deuteronomy 17. So Deuteronomy is when Moses is, it's actually one day, I think one or two days max is the entire book. And it's right before Israel is about to cross over the Jordan from East to West and take the land that they had, that God had promised to Abraham years ago. So before he does that, uh, he stands up on the mountain and basically preaches a really long sermon and has a really long talk to the to the nation and shares them their history and some laws and blah, 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 all this stuff. So that's kind of the context for it. And in uh, Deuteronomy 17, it says, and I'm paraphrasing here, I haven't pulled it up in front of me, but so I'll forget some exact particulars, but it says, hey, when you get over there, you're going to want a king. And when you get a king, here are the four things, four or five things, four or five things that they should do. This is what a king looks like. Okay. So, and this is why this is relevant to leadership. It's like, okay, if God gave some direct teaching on what a leader is supposed to be, then, you know, that was, I don't know, however many years ago, long time ago, several thousand years ago. So, uh, there's cultural context to it, but I should probably pay attention and see if there's lessons and insights to glean for me. Okay. So I tuned in as soon as I found this person, like, okay, what does God say about a leader? And it's the opposite of everything you'd expect. <laughs> Here's the picture he paints. And let me let me actually pull it up real quick while I'm talking. Deuteronomy 17. Do not sacrifice the king. Okay, here it is. All right, so this is the exact phrase. And I'll just read it and then leave a few comments. So Deuteronomy 17, verse 14. When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you and have taken possession of it and settled in it, and you say, let us set a king over us like all the nations around us, which is a whole little interesting sidetrack of its own, but irrelevant to this. Be sure to appoint over you a king the Lord your God chooses. Okay, so maybe there's six points here. First one is pick the one God wants. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, he must be from among your fellow Israelites. It has to be from among you. Promote from within. Don't hire externally. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Do not place a foreign one over you who is not an Israelite. 
Okay, so pick the one God wants. Make sure they're of you and not some foreigner. The king, moreover, okay, so this is the part that I started tuning into. The king must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make you return to Egypt to get more of them. For the Lord told you you are not to go back that way again. Okay, so that's kind of rule number one, uh, technically rule number two. So rule number one is choose the one God wants, and that's going to be from among you. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Number two is don't acquire a bunch of horses. Don't go back to Egypt. And I think what's going on here is horses were direct indicators in military uh, accumulation. So it is the military part of being the leader of the nation is to defend yourself. Don't do a bunch of that. Um, Do not acquire great numbers of horses. It doesn't say don't get any, but don't go back to Egypt where he came from and don't acquire a gigantic army. I think it's the what that's saying. All right. Second thing, verse seven or third thing. So first promote from within somebody that God tells you to promote. Number two, don't acquire a big military. Number three. Okay. Verse 17. He must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large. Okay. He must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. So, uh, husband of one wife. And I think there's a second component of this which is a lot of times marrying a bunch of wives as a way to make alliances with the nations around you. Don't intermarry one wife. Okay. Uh, number four, the second half of verse 17, he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. So what are all the things a typical leader of a nation state would do? They build up a big military. They would accumulate lots of surplus of finances of different types, gold and money and oil and all the things then they would make alliances with those around them, and they would be tempted by lots of women that come at them. Don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> okay, so those are the section of do nots. So what does he tell them to do? Okay, and this is verse 18 following. I'll just read all this and comment at the end. When he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law, of this teaching, is what the word literally says, taken from the Levitical priest. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life, so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and to follow carefully all the words of this teaching and these decrees and not consider himself better than his fellow Israelites and turn from the law from the uh, and and turn from the law okay let me read that a sentence again and not consider himself better than his fellow Israelites and turn from the law to the right or to the left stay on the narrow stay on these teachings then he and his descendants will reign a long time over his kingdom in Israel okay so to summarize there's four uh there's two do's and three do nots. <laughs> the the two do's. One, promote from within, not a foreigner, pick the one God wants. Second do, make a copy of all of my teachings. Uh, we would maybe call that the Bible. And at this time, there would be four scrolls of that. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then maybe the speech, Deuteronomy. So the Torah. Um, write yourself a copy of it. Read it day and night. Have a priest sit there with you as you write it to make sure you're writing the right thing. And the primary thing you're supposed to do is meditate on it day or night so you do not leave that. Have your mind reformed from the way it does work now to the way my teachings work so that you're thinking like me, you're acting like me, you're picking the right people. Do that. Those are the two do's. Turn to me to pick the leader. And when you pick the leader, have them handwrite their own copy of the Bible and Talk about it morning, noon, and night, and think about that things that way. Those are the two things to do as a leader. The three things not to do are don't acquire a big military. Don't lean on your own. This is Brian's interpretation. Don't lean on your own effort to defend yourself. 
Second thing, don't acquire a bunch of money. Don't lean on your own effort to defend yourself (laughs) financially or militarily. Third, and maybe there's two parts to the wife thing, be faithful to one woman and do not make alliances with the nations around you. Lean on me for your defense, not money, not an army, and not making friends with people who don't have your best interest in mind. That is at least a version. When, When God gave direct instruction on how to pick a leader of his nation, that's what he said. So is that everything involved in being a leader? Probably not. But it was for his king that was the direct instruction recorded. So that's just really interesting. I don't even totally know what to do with it. Um, but it's really fascinating. So I'll end here. I'm just kind of uh, noodling on that, thinking on that. And I want that to, at the very least, inform my definition of leadership and how I do leadership. If not, that seems really foolish. So anyway, deep thoughts from Brown on leadership today.